Your parents were there for you. Now you want to be there for them as they age. Welcome to There for Them, a podcast designed to help you find the information and resources you need to support your aging parents. Hi, this is Tara Fleming Caruso, Collaborative Care Advisor at Hebrew Senior Life. Welcome to the latest episode of our podcast, Designed for the Adult Child on the Go. You're busy, so wherever your day takes you, we hope you'll bring us along. We look forward to providing information and support so that you can do the same for your aging parents. Today, we're excited to be talking about how the arts can help you connect with a parent with memory loss, even if you don't think of that parent as the creative type. Hebrew Senior Life is a leader in the field of expressive art therapy. We've employed arts therapists to support seniors with dementia for more than 40 years. Whether through our senior living communities, our healthcare, or our Center for Memory Health, Hebrew Senior Life offers expert support for every stage of memory loss. But as today's guest will show, you don't need to be a professional therapist to utilize the arts. Many of the basic principles are accessible to all of us. Today's guest is Leticia Prieto Alvarez. A past Fulbright scholar, Leticia is a licensed mental health counselor with a master's degree in expressive art therapies from Lesley University, as well as a master's degree in viola performance from the New England Conservatory. At Hebrew Senior Life, Leticia leads an interdisciplinary team of expressive therapists and other clinicians on the Newbridge on the Charles campus outside of Boston. In addition to her work with Hebrew Senior Life, Leticia is currently pursuing her doctorate in health sciences from Ray Juan Carlos University. Welcome, Leticia. I'm so thrilled to be speaking with you. Needless to say, as you probably know, I am a huge fan of both you and your work. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tara. It's an honor. Leticia, I was wondering if we could start with you giving our listeners a basic understanding of both how and why the arts help us engage and connect with people who are living with memory loss. So music, dance, uh, visual art, poetry, storytelling, theater, these are artistic modalities that go beyond verbal communication. Expressive therapies integrate the arts into the healing process, and they provide an outlet for creative self-expression. They offer fun and engaging ways to work on language, cognition, and on sensory motor skills. They may help mitigate depression and relieve anxiety. They improve self-esteem, increase energy and motivation, even enhance positive interpersonal interactions, and, of course, they awaken creativity. Uh, for example, take music. Music is an ideal stimulus for many people with dementia because of its incredible ability to elicit both memories and emotions. So many different parts of the brain are activated when engaging in music-making. The auditory cortex, of course, but also the premotor, 
parietal and prefrontal cortex, the limbic circuit, the cerebellum, the basal ganglia. Brain imaging studies show that our favorite songs release these feel-good neurochemicals that help improve our mood. So Alzheimer's disease is progressive, and we all know it brings many losses. And yes, it takes away a lot. But you know, it does not take away everything. A person with dementia still has many strengths. Okay, they are not tied to their executive functioning, but to their capacity to feel and express themselves in creative ways. The arts give people with dementia a safe space to explore nonverbal communication and connection. Mm. I love the way you describe your work. There's so much passion in what you say and what you do. Can you bring it even more to life for us by describing some concrete examples of how you've seen the arts make a difference um, with a senior with dementia? Walk us through some of your experiences and observations. So you already mentioned a little bit at the beginning, my my daily work is with residents who live at memory care assisted living in Newbridge-on-the-Charles. Newbridge is a retirement community in Dedham here in Massachusetts. But I've also worked in many other settings throughout Hebrew senior life, including Hebrew Rehabilitation Center in Boston. And I tell you, I see a small and big changes occur every single day. And I have a hard time, I have to be honest with you, choosing a few. But let me tell you some. So imagine a couple who love each other deeply, a wife with very severe cognitive decline, and a husband who gently holds her in his hands while a music therapy intern plays, Let me call you, sweetheart, I'm in love. And they're both smiling, and during that moment, there is no pain. I see that in my work. I've also seen, for example, a gentleman with severe expressive aphasia after a traumatic brain injury. His youngest daughter was getting married soon, and his wife told me that before the stroke, he had been so excited thinking about his speech as father of the bride, what he was going to say, and then suddenly this happened, and he could not speak one word anymore. But... You might be surprised. He could still sing. This is an incredible capacity of the brain, Tara. <laughs> I know not many, some yeah, people yeah. know about this, but it's something that is still, I think, gets surprising because it feels like magic. It still feels like magic mm-hmm. to me, and I'm a music therapist. So for his wedding speech, we work with neurologic music therapy techniques, and okay, he could not give his original speech, but he could sing. Or my darling, I love you. And you know the rest. <laughs> Anna, yeah, there were there, not, not a dry eye in the house. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, let me give you one last example. I remember this woman who never considered herself an artist throughout most of her life. But after starting to participate in the open art studio in her senior living community where I was working, she discovered her incredible artistic potential. And, wait for it, she sold her first painting. 
So she was in her 70s. She was well after her initial diagnosis of dementia. Many people would say, oh, this stage of life is devoid of possibilities. That's not true. She acknowledged that selling her painting was one of the proudest moments of her entire life. There isn't a better word than the word you used, which was these moments are magic, aren't they? (laughs) They feel a little bit like magic. This intersection of science and art. With the arts, I believe, of course, I'm biased, but something very special happens when we let imagination and creativity really sort of take shape and form. Yes, clearly. So since our audience today is adult children, I'm wondering if you can share some ideas you might have for how an adult child might use the arts to connect with their mom or dad um, living with memory loss. Mm -hmm. So you said it at the beginning, a message that I think is very important to reiterate. You don't need to be a professional painter or musician or dancer or actor or expressive therapist to benefit from the arts. So let's see if I can be clear with this. Music therapy can only be done by a board-certified music therapist, but melody, harmony, rhythm, they are all therapeutic, and they can be used by anyone. We all can include creativity in our interactions with a loved one and even use the arts for self-care. So see if I can give you concrete examples that any adult child may try with a variety of artistic modalities. So I'm a music therapist, so let me start with music. What about creating a personalized music playlist? There has been a lot of discussion about individualized music since the documentary Alive Inside came out in 2014. Did did you see it? I did. Mm -hmm. It was very moving. Mm -hmm. So choose music that is meaningful to your parents. I guess I'm talking now to (laughs) to our listeners. So our listeners, choose music that is meaningful to your parents. You know them well. And create a playlist that will evoke positive memories and emotions. You may say, oh, but I'm not sure what to choose. You know what? If your parents are unable to tell you right now, explore. Just listen together to different types of music and observe the responses of your parents. What song brings a smile or makes your mom tap her foot to the rhythm? Of course, mm-hmm. sing, 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 sing a song, sing out loud, sing out strong. <laughs> a little well-known ro- golden rule is that we tend, not always, but we tend to feel close to the music of our teens and our early 20s. These songs are embedded in our brains. I don't know if you've heard about Dr. Daniel Levitin. He's a neuroscientist, cognitive psychologist, and musician. So he explains that the music of our teenage years is fundamentally intertwined with our social lives and melts the music to our sense of identity. So, for example, if your parents were born in 1930, I'm pretty sure they would recognize um, Don't Sit Under the Apple Tree with anyone else. So research the music that was popular during your parents' formative years and Remember the importance of culture and, of course, where they grew up. I'm reminded when I talk about this of an adult daughter um, who lived overseas and was trying to communicate with her mom who was living at a Hebrew senior life community. So the attempts at telephone conversations were really frustrating, and her questions didn't elicit many answers. But when she sang, there's a bright golden haze on the meadow, 
her mother joined with, what do you think? Tara. Oh, what a beautiful oh, what morning. A beautiful morning. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and they were immediately connected. You should have seen the eyes brightened of my client, of my resident. And the daughter yeah. finally says, yes, I got my mom yeah. here. So remembering to sing, help her have meaningful interactions, even when they were so far away with a full ocean between them. Yeah, so that's so beautiful. There, <laughs> so there are other modalities. You know, I, I talk a lot about music because it's my um, sort of niche or, or expertise, but I'm very lucky. I'm with a team of amazing expressive therapists, and each of them brings a strength to the work we do. So think about visual art. For example, a photo album. What about making a collage? For example, children of um, could enlist their teenage children, so the, the grandchildren, to use their skills with their laptops or tablets and create an album or a movie of their grandparents' life story with pictures, images, sound, and interviews that show part of their grandparents' legacy. On the other hand, also, art doesn't need to involve technology because sometimes, you know, technology can feel a little overwhelming. And you just need a piece of paper. Get some paint. Nothing fancy. Needed to start making art. Most people require a little bit of guidance or a lot. It depends. So you know that sometimes you may have to offer hand-over-hand assistance because fine motor skills may be affected. But what I want to stress is that what's important is not the result per se. We're not here looking for the most beautiful, you know, aesthetically pleasing piece of art. It is a process, and it is the pleasure that comes out of making that art piece or that drawing. And see, another one that I like is going to the museum together. I, for example, go to uh, the Museum of Fine Arts every month with our residents. So go to the museum and walk slowly. You can even bring a small folding chair or ask for a wheelchair. Many times they have them in the museums. Ask some simple questions, and this is the golden rule. Be patient. So if mm -hmm. open-ended questions are not working out, yeah, we sometimes forget that. It's simple. Be loving and patient. And ask mm -hmm. yes or no questions. So, no, you know, no very elaborate question. If that's not working, just ask something simple, for example. Do you like this painting? Offer choice whenever possible. Would you like to see the art of the Americas or the art of Europe? Or imagine if the museum is not accessible, borrow a book on art from the library and use the pictures of the paintings as your springboard for conversation. Uh, I have a little more to share, if I hope we have time, <laughs> about a storytelling. Of <laughs> course. Oh, Me and my loquaciousness. So, a storytelling <laughs> and poetry. Um, so, for example, have you thought about storytelling? Because your dad may not be able to read a book right now and explain what he read. Okay. But that doesn't mean he doesn't enjoy the power of a good story. You can print out in large letters some excerpts from familiar stories because their ability to read may be present, even if their ability to understand independently what's being read is not. You can also use excerpts of movies together that bring visual imagery to what's being read. For example, 
Imagine that there's someone who used to love Shakespeare. So their child can read the balcony scene together, and then they can watch that part of the movie on YouTube. And finally, I wanted to just say a little bit about dance, because movement is so, so, so very important, is is essential to our well-being. And is, movement is the sister of music, I believe. <laughs> so dance, mm. dance as if no one is watching. You know, put on some fun music, just twist. You can even dance while sitting on a chair. Hold your mother's hands gently and feel the beat. As soon as you're both entrained to the music, something, again the word, magical, something seemingly magical occurs. Your neurons synchronize with the beat, and there you are. Many times we have these expectations of how we are supposed to move, but what I suggest is do not listen just to the music. Listen to your parents' bodies and let them, let them be the guides. So, Leticia, you utilize every artistic modality to give someone the opportunity to express and feel successful, be one in a process, not worry about the product. It's really amazing, the examples that you give. And really, I feel like I could do these with with anyone and not necessarily need to have a background in the arts. It just feels Mm -hmm. doable. But having said that, what would you say to our listeners who doubt that their loved one would ever be interested in something that we would describe as artistic? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. So what I'd say is try it. And most of the time you'd be surprised. I believe that creativity is an essential step in human development. We are born creators and our imagination allows us to change the world. Creativity and the need for self-expression, they exist both in a musician and also in an engineer. (laughs) It's just that Mm -hmm. many times as adults, we forget the creative potential that exists within us. In childhood, we know it well. But then in elderhood, particularly if someone has a diagnosis of dementia, this becomes extremely important that where creativity, expression, because there is artistic engagement when gardening and arranging fragrant flowers in a beautiful bouquet. There is also creative potential when looking at a woodworking magazine and imagining together what type of furniture would fit better in a room. What I want to express is that we have to look beyond a restrictive definition of the word artistic. You may have noticed how dementia may cause changes in inhibition. This is challenging on some levels, but it also brings an unexpected gift, the release of more curiosity, creativity, and expression. Mm, And you can really use that, right? That is just Mm -hmm. the basis for amazing experiences um, that you Mm -hmm. can give to our, our residents. It's a great canvas to start from. (laughs) Yeah. So, Leticia, Hebrew Senior Life has historically been a champion and a thought leader for the use of expressive arts therapies. Can you tell us a little bit more about what this means? Mm -hmm. So, 
I remember when I was looking for an internship as a graduate music therapy and mental health counselor student, that was in 2008. I actually, well, I come from Spain. Uh, that's my native language, even though I have a great Bostonian accent. But <laughs> my number one, but my number one choice was Hebrew Rehabilitation Center. That was it, which is part of uh, Hebrew senior life. And while all the sites had one expressive therapist, Hebrew Rehabilitation Center had a whole expressive therapy department. They had music, they had art, dance therapists, they were all collaborating together. I knew this was a place I wanted to be uh, more than 10 years ago. And that was something very unique then, and that was something very unique now still. We are one of the best internship sites in all Massachusetts, I believe. So Hebrew Senior Life brings expressive art therapy to seniors through almost all services we offer, including in home care, like home health or hospice, also our adult day health program, and in our memory, support senior living residents and for our long-term care patients. Hebrew Senior Life has believed in the power of the arts to promote health for more than 40 years. It's incredible. And some of the most renowned expressive therapists in our region, they have all worked here. I think that we continue to be trailblazers through research, evidence-based interventions, and also through education, of course. Mm -hmm. So amazing. It makes me so proud mm -hmm. to work here. <laughs> so, so, so for me, too. I'm very proud to work here. Right. So, Leticia, I have one last question for you. Do you have any recommendations, books, videos, etc., that would be good resources for the adult children that are listening that are interested in um, learning more about using the arts as a way to engage with their parents? Mm -hmm. For example, I'm thinking the creative arts in dementia care. This is a book by Jill Hage, who is a seasoned expressive arts and dance movement psychotherapist. And Jill offers really practical, person-centered approaches and ideas. Uh, she discusses movement, singing, the storytelling, and provides a creative map of care with case studies. I think those are quite important to sort of understand how you can do it yourself. She also encourages caregivers to develop their own creative skills which is essential for self-care. I would also suggest to check out Donna Newman Bluestein's website, Dance for Connection. I always enjoy reading her blog, and I always get new ideas and inspiration. I think that listeners will be able to find, yeah, for sure, a longer list of resources on the Hebrew Senior Life blog. But I couldn't finish this conversation without suggesting a favorite book of mine, Musicophilia, that's by the late Dr. Oliver Sacks. The book only has one chapter on dementia, but it is so poetically written and moving that, you know, you'll find yourself unable to put it down. Uh, you can also find him discussing the impact of personalized music on people with dementia on YouTube. And Dr. Sachs shares a powerful message about music and identity. He says that, Musical perception, musical sensibility, musical emotion and memory can survive long after other forms of memory have disappeared. The past, which is not recoverable in any other way, is embedded as if in amber in the music, and people can regain a sense of identity. I could listen to you all day long. 
and I hate well, for this interview to end because I'm just, <laughs> it's so powerful and I'm so moved by you. Thank you for sharing the passion that you have and the expertise. Our residents, not only our residents, but our families are so blessed to have you in their lives. Now, I'm lucky because I've seen you in action and I can just share with our listeners that you make the most of every single moment you share with the residents and clearly have made an impact on the community in which they're living. And we are so grateful. Thank you, Leticia. You're very welcome, Tara. I am grateful to have this chance. I have the most amazing work possible. I spend the day with incredible people and I get to learn a lot from them and to help them in little ways. I really, I'm blessed. I'm blessed because of them, because of my residents and their families, of course. Thank you again. For listeners who are looking for more information about who we are and what we do, explore our blog at www.hebrewseniorlife.org forward slash blog. Here you'll also find an expanded list of resources that Leticia recommends to learn more about using the arts to connect with a loved one with dementia. And of course, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast. On that note, we want to know what you'd like to hear next. Are there topics that you think would be helpful? Let us know by sending an email to editor at hebrewseniorlife.org with the word podcast in the subject line. Thank you. We look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks for listening to There for Them, brought to you by Hebrew Senior Life, a leading senior care nonprofit organization that's an affiliate of Harvard Medical School and is uniquely dedicated to rethinking, researching, and redefining the possibilities of aging. Learn more at HebrewSeniorLife.org.